Hello, welcome, and thank you for listening to our inaugural podcast of the High Level Digital Roundtable, an official podcast of High Level Marketing, the company. Uh, my name is Steve Carley. I'm an associate SEO at this company. With me today are the uh, general Knights of the Roundtable here. Uh, I guess I'll say the name, and you guys can say what you do here. Say hello, make it quick. We'll fly by. Here we go. Ryan Hagedis. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan. Uh, I'm an SEO strategist for High Level Marketing. Scott Pelt here. Yes, I'm also an SEO strategist. Don Marks. Welcome. I'm also an SEO strategist. And Jake Belknap. I am a content marketing specialist and associate SEO. Okay, these are the voices you will typically be hearing, maybe a mixture of, you know, some he not here, some some new people uh, as we kind of get this podcast to grow. Um, just a kind of word of warning, as we are all in a, you know, COVID world, we all have to do this uh, remotely. That may have some, you know, some issues that we haven't foreseen uh, audio wise, but hey, we're all going to get this uh, going and we're going to grow and we're going to learn. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I guess the roadmap for this episode and I guess subsequent episodes are kind of to start off with this introduction. Uh, everyone say hi, kind of talk about what we're going to do. Um, we're going to talk about some quick topics, some questions, maybe an article that we want to share. And then we're going to spend a little bit of a deep dive into a main topic each episode. And then we will kind of wrap up with a summary, perhaps. We'll see how it goes. So with that said, let's just dive right into the main topic or the quick topics for today. Um, we've got some three here. Uh, Ryan, I know that you have a link and it's right in our notes here for uh, naked links. And I'd like to know, well, before I even start that, actually, let me talk about what this podcast is. I feel like that's probably pretty important. So this is the High Level Digital Roundtable. Uh, we are an official podcast for a company, a, a digital marketing SEO agency called High Level Marketing in Michigan, Metro Detroit area. Um, and this podcast will kind of... Um, be a way for people to to tune in to learn about what digital marketing is, what we do, what SEO is, kind of an all-encompassing uh, space uh, of learning and discussion. Uh, we are not uh, specific to one kind of digital marketing. I think we're going to kind of touch on topics that all-encompassing topics within that space. Uh, spoiler alert, our main topic today will be what exactly is digital marketing? kind of like a catch-all for the first episode. So with that being said, uh, let's get into our quick topics again. Ryan, back to where we were discussing naked links. I know you, yeah. have, a, you have a link here. I don't think it's a naked link, but maybe I do know maybe it's a <laughs> naked link. Um, why don't you no, just, just, uh, just a quick touch on it, see what it, you know, what it talks about. Um, this is from Search Engine Journal. So I'm yeah. gonna give you the floor, take some time, take as little time as you need, anything you wanna say about what naked links are. Yeah, so like you said, it's from Search Engine Journal. It's um, an article by Roger Monty. He's a pretty contrib uh, you know, consistent contributor there. Um, it's about a question asked to John Mueller of Google. And it's the synopsis is basically is he answers how Google handles fair URL inbound links that don't have anchor text. So we talk a lot about when we get a link to have anchor text because that way it can provide uh, a little more SEO value um, than just a regular link. Um, and so he was asked specifically, uh, let me find a question here. When auditing links for my client's websites, I see some naked URLs that are pointing to valuable resources on the site. How does Google treat such links when there's no anchor text? Um, 
And so John started off right, right off the bat, basically defining it. A naked link is basically someone just linking to your, with the URL as the uh, anchor text. So hyperlink that's just HTTPS, www.whateveryoururl is. Um, so he answered, in that situation, we treat that URL as the anchor text. Uh, the systems do, not, do try to recognize this and say, well, this is just a URL that's linked. It's not that there's a valuable anchor text there. So we take this into account as a link, but we can't really use that anchor text for anything in particular. Um, so they don't have any context behind it. So this is why it's really important when we talk about uh, either you know gaining external links or internal links, just really any linking that you're gonna be doing to make sure that it has valuable anchor text. So if it's a page to, you know, if you're linking to an HVAC company that you have some sort of anchor text that's gonna be HVAC, air conditioning, heating, cooling, any of that kind of, um, you know, kind of context. Um, and there's, in, in, the, in the article, it says there's a school of thought that in the absence of an anchor text that the keywords in the URL might provide Google some information or like the surrounding text. But basically his answer, and this is, you know, kind of interpret Google as, as you see fit. Um, it, they really, really want that anchor text itself to be valuable. They don't want it to just be a, a URL. And they do look at um, surrounding text and the topic influencing some things like that, but it's really secondary. And he even says that really strong piece of context from the anchor text that's missing in this case. Um, so it does help a little bit from the small things around the side of the, the link itself. Uh, but really, and this is his words, really the kind of the primary aspect of that link is gone. Um, and it doesn't count against your website necessarily. It's just for that particular link, we don't know what that context is. So even with all of the amazing you know, technology that Google has and all the machine learning and semantics, all that stuff, you still need to make sure you have a valuable keyword in your anchor links. Um, and I just thought that was a pretty, you know, pretty definitive, at least from what it you know, sounds like. And I know you all read Search Engine Journal, so it's, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of speaking one way, but then, you know, showing that they do things differently. Um, but yeah, I think that was pretty important to highlight that no matter what we've heard or what we see, like anchor text is pretty much always important to have when you get a backlink or when you put a link out, so. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, Ryan, I believe that's it. You just completed our first quick topic of the day of the whole <laughs> podcast. That's it, man. We did it. Yeah. So let's continue on here. Um, I'm going to talk about quality score for a brief minute here. So um, quality score is kind of like a loaded you know, term. It's kind of a catch-all. I mean, there's a lot of what goes into quality score. And this is more relevant to PPC. Um, than anything else. I mentioned that this isn't in a, you know, an SEO centered podcast on a PPC. It's kind of all encompassing. So this is a bit of a PPC related kind of idea. Um, the quality, and I'm reading a WordStream link uh, here. This is from WordStream. I know everyone here knows about WordStream. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably also listen to Word or read WordStream. Um, they are a pretty big company with a lot of um, authority, should I say? I mean, kind of a pun, but hey. So according to WordStream, they kind of define quality score as Google's rating of the quality and relevance of both your keywords and PPC ads. 
Um, I know that it's used to, uh, I mean, there's many uses for a, for a quality score. You can kind of work with your click-through rate using quality score, um, the relevance of keywords, landing page, you know, quality and re relevance, uh, ad text. So um, it, when you're working with PPC, that's definitely something, you know, an uh, important element to work with. Um, also, because of that, there are a lot of benefits uh, to a high quality score. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. I mean, everyone wants to have a higher quality score than a lower quality score. Kind of like a, uh, I mean, for a rudimentary you know, comparison, think of it like a, uh, a credit score, right? I mean, the higher your credit score, the more doors it opens, for lack of a better uh, you know, analogy or whatever you want to call that. Um, so that kind of makes, you know, it, it gives you qual high quality score is essentially a high domain authority, right? That's something that you want to have um, and that affects you in a lot of ways. Um, and there are ways, of course, to increase that quality score. Um, a lot of, again, a lot of it's kind of self-explanatory. Keyword research, good keywords, uh, quality content on your page. Um, then when it comes to PPC, you want to make sure since you're normally leading a client or a click to a landing page, you want to make sure that the content, that the head tags and all the SEO um, it is proper for a landing page. And that kind of, you know, make sure that you keep that high quality score that leads to more clicks, more revenue, more happiness to the employees and to the owners. So um, that's just a quick talk about quality score. Um, I, I feel like, again, quality score is a bit kind of a, uh, it's almost common sense, but you would be surprised by how uh, quality score, can, just the, what it can affect in terms of, you know, it's not like a small, you know, you, you can ignore the quality score as long as this or as long as that. I mean, high quality score leads to a lot of how Google uh, sees your keywords and your ads and um, all that. So that's a quick talk about quality score. Don, um, I know that there is a link here for examples of cano canonical URLs. Um, can you talk a little bit about canonical URLs and how that benefits people uh, in digital marketing and SEO alike? Sure. Thanks, Steve. Great, great topic. Uh, great topics today. I think, you know, learning a lot from uh, quality score and, and naked links. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about this idea of what a canonical tag is. So, uh, the average uh, website user, when they look at a website, they see text and they see pictures, they may see videos. And what makes, you know, the, the whole digital marketing industry tick is really kind of the behind the scenes information that Google sees when they, when they look at your website. So they're, they're looking at stuff that's considered to be source code. A lot of times that is uh, in an HTML format. So uh, Google, when they when they crawl the World Wide Web and they start looking at all the different websites that are online, they're looking at different information than you or I would be looking at when we're looking at a website on our cell phone or if we're looking at a, a website on our computer, they're looking at the source code. So it's part of the source code that they look at. There is a, a directive that's considered your metadata and your metadata is often what Google recognizes when they first visit a website page because it provides them with very clear direction what that website page is about from, you know, the title of the page to the, the important content that's going to be on that page. But there's also a snippet of code on that page that is called a canonical tag. And what that does is it 
provides Google with a source of reference as to which page should receive the authority for the content. So in other words, when Google is looking at your website, it's possible that they could navigate to a page that has similar or related content with a different URL path. For one instance, five instances, 50 instances, you could essentially have the same page on your website 50 different times. Well, what that what happens is in that situation is we're creating duplicate content, which most people have probably heard is not a great experience for Google. It's not great for consumers, um, but it's, it's really not good for SEO. And, and so what a canonical tag does is it provides Google with a single source for which web page on a website gets the authority or gets the credit for being the point of origin for, for content. So it's, it's an important aspect of SEO because it's part of what Google sees when they're crawling the website identify which is the most important page that uh, relates to that specific topic and helps to provide them with a path so they're crawling and, and providing the, the necessary authority and, and the necessary attributes to get those pages ranked as high as possible. So uh, super important. It's kind of a geeky technical thing that most consumers don't uh, think about when they're looking at web pages, but it's definitely something that Google recognizes when they crawl web pages. Wow, fantastic. Um, and I guess I should mention that this is, you know, a podcast for, you know, for B2B, business to business to business to consumer. I mean, you know, when it comes to the audience of this podcast, I think really what it boils down to is that we want to cast a wide net um, to be able to provide some, you know, knowledgeable, you know, an experience to as many people as possible, no matter what side of, you know, the coin you want to call it. So, um, I know you mentioned the geeky stuff, but that's what we're here for, buddy. That's what we love. Right. So, well, the, the cool thing about digital marketing, Steve, is like even talking about different topics, like we're learning amongst ourselves, right? I mean, this is such a big industry with so many different layers to it that even talking about things like PPC and you know Google AdWords, you know, we don't pretend to be experts with everything. So, I think it's it's an opportunity for us to to share amongst ourselves and learn, but also, you know, provide some knowledge for people that want to tune in and listen. That right there, what you said is a fantastic kind of uh, pillar of this podcast and also a fantastic segue into our main topic. Um, and I think for our main topic, I, for our first episode, I think um, it just kind of makes sense for us to start big cast the widest not possible. So we're just going to be discussing, this is going to be more kind of a personal thing, um, but I would like to hear from at least each of you an idea of what exactly digital marketing is to you as, a, as an industry, as an idea, um, and as something that I know Don already mentioned, is something that no one seem, is an expert on. I mean, I guess we can kind of deep dive into that, but um, I guess I can go, well, Don, why don't you start just because you were just talked and I'd like to get some further insight on you on this. Right. So, you know, I, when I think of digital marketing, I think it's really, you know, it's the pathway towards, you know, buying and selling goods online, right. And, and can come in a lot of different mediums. You know, when, when you think about digital marketing today, it's not just about search, it's about, um, Facebook, it's about social media, it's about Amazon has a platform, right? Amazon's kind of an ecosystem all, all in of itself. You know, and, and we think a lot about digital marketing. We're, we're really singularly focused on things like SEO or PPC, but it, it's really, it's, it's a foundation for people to, to buy and sell goods through uh, online media channels and to be influenced. And, it, you know, it's almost um, where you can't, 
you know, you, you can't turn it off, right? It's, it follows you everywhere. You, you visit a website in the morning and you're getting served Facebook ads for that within an hour later when you're, when you're on your lunch break. So it's, you know, it's multi-channel, um, you know, it, it's certainly uh, something that I think mo most business owners recognize that, you know, if they haven't had a digital marketing strategy in the past, that is something they need to incorporate into their strategy moving forward. You know, even if they, you know, if they say they have enough business today, it's still a channel where, you know, customers are leaving reviews about your business. So it's, it's, a, it's a way where you're not only attracting new business, but you're also um, protecting your brand, you're protecting your reputation. So there, there's so many different things that nuances that go into digital marketing, which is why, you know, we're never going to cover everything in, in one podcast. We wanted to kind of start with like the, the big concept of it. And we'll certainly start breaking down some of these other kind of verticals as we move forward. But uh, it's exciting. Uh, I definitely love the industry because there's so much opportunity to learn and get better. And, and the technology is changing so quickly um, that, uh, you know, there, it, you're, you're always learning something new. I like what you said about, oh, Ryan, do you have something to add? Oh, I was going to say, I think ecosystem is a good word because I think people think of, at least in our industry, it's like, okay, well, there's PPC, there's SEO, there's you know social, there's design, like it's, everything is all in one. Like it's, it's way more holistic, I think, than people really believe. Um, because if you look at like a solid digital marketing plan, it's not just SEO, it's not just PPC, it's not just you know, a really beautiful website that functions really well. It's all of those things. Um, so you can't just say, oh, well, I have a website. It's like every other, pretty much every other company does. So um, you know, really having a solid foundation of what you wanna achieve with your website and your digital presence um, is really more important than just having a digital presence. Um, so yeah, I mean, I totally agree, Don. I hate to do this, but I have to, um, I have to, make a bad uh, pun analogy here. And I kind of equate digital marketing to a website. Big shock there. Um, I like Ryan, how you mentioned ecosystem and Don, I like how you mentioned the, um, uh, and now I'm blanking on what you mentioned it to be a, a foundation. Thank you to myself. Uh, I, I, the idea of a, of a website, it has individual pages, digital marketing. Think of it as a website. Each page is another you know, pillar in the foundation or entity in the ecosystem. Um, and I also like that you guys mentioned those two words because it kind of implies the scope and breadth of what digital marketing is, because it's obviously, it, it's something that's already huge. And the thing about digital marketing is that it is a complete future-proof industry, I think. Um, it's something that's always morphing, always adapting to the changing of technology. And it's not, it's not like digital marketing is going to get smaller over time. Um, you know, digital marketing is something that I, I think anybody who doesn't work in the industry and rightfully so, but I feel like they simply don't understand just how big the industry is and how digital marketing um, kind of creeps into everybody, everybody's daily life. There's a lot of good psychology there in terms of like, uh, Jake, I believe you have something. you want. To yeah, uh, Steve, you, you're saying how um, digital marketing creeps into the personal lives of people. So I want to, uh, jump on that and Ryan and Don's point that there is this ecosystem um, by relating that to an aspect of digital marketing of content marketing. Um, that's kind of my corner. Uh, so that is delivering content instead of 
uh, a hard sell. It's almost giving away ideas, strategies, tips, insider views into a company's history and its process. And then having that be a branding opportunity, having that being a marketing opportunity to connect with an audience on a much more authentic level. Um, the, we've seen uh, social media as a great connector from a brand that used to be amorphous, used to be this presence that no one really understood or could see, connect with, relate to. But uh, through content marketing, through articles and blogs, and you know, I mentioned social media, we can connect and speak with these companies. You get great examples of this, like Wendy's, how they would crack jokes on their pages and have be more like human instead of just putting out a template, a boilerplate that no one can really relate to. Uh, yeah. I'm, Ryan, go ahead, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I totally agree with that because um, you think of Wendy's, it's like, okay, well, they sell hamburgers, french fries, you know, food. Um, but there's only so much you can talk about that on a social media platform, you're not going to have new products every single day and people aren't going to be liking and retweeting, Hey, come in and have a hamburger. It's, you know, they, you know, they interact with another brand and make fun of them or however they interact. Um, and it just definitely adds a whole other level to that brand. And people want to see how Wendy's responds to a certain topic. And, you know, 10 years ago, no one would have thought that we'd be like, well, yeah, let's look at social media to see what Wendy's is doing. Like that's, just totally future, you know, future thinking. That, that leads to a great question. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. So as we, as a lot of people are already well aware, digital marketing has very much seeped into social media. Um, but my question is, at what point do we just consider social media to be a digital marketing tool? I mean, I, I know that that each day that gets bigger um, and bigger. Uh, but I mean, at what point do we just say social media is purely digital marketing at this point? Does anybody have any insight on that? I mean, I know we all have experience. Anybody listening to this has experience with social media as a digital marketing tool, whether they know it or not. But I'm just interested in hearing any opinions on how, how over time digital or uh, social media has become a tool for marketers, for brands, for companies, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. I think, you know, as it relates to most small businesses today, I think what we're seeing is, you know, everyone at one point, you know, it was, it was cool. You know, you had to have a Facebook page, right? If you're a small business, you had to have maybe a Twitter profile or LinkedIn, but you really weren't sure how to use this, right? How are we going to use this platform to help us attract new business, to get in front of customers, and I think what we're finding now is that more small businesses are, are recognizing that, you know, social media is a platform for digital marketing. So, you know, instead of pushing out generic information about their business, they're, they're taking the time to make it more unique, more personal to their story and, and kind of a less is more so that they may not be um, promoting as much information, but the stuff they are promoting is more authentic and it's driving more real engagement. And I, I think there's definitely industries that are more successful in using social media to help them 
grow their bottom line and, and bring in revenue. And you can definitely see where it makes more sense for, for you know, specific industries. And I think there's other industries that are saying, hey, we've ignored this for a long time, but you know, we know our customers are on these channels and we at least need to get a professional presence there. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we leverage this into our overall marketing strategy and who's going to own it and, and, and how do we contribute and more importantly is how do we protect our brand and our reputation online, right? Because it's not always about, you know, getting in front of new customers. It's maybe more about providing another way to provide customer service and customer support where people may be talking and, and mentioning their brand in a way that they haven't been engaged with in the past. I think having the right social media is, is important too. Um, you know, I, everybody's like, well, everybody knows Facebook. It's like, but if your audience isn't on Facebook, is LinkedIn maybe a better option? Um, each one is very different in terms of what you're offering. Like Twitter is very much like quick hits. You know, you're not like looking for people to linger around because it's reading it and then you scroll to the next one, to the next tweet. Um, but with Facebook, maybe you have more imagery and, uh, you know, telling those personal stories like Don was saying and really being able to connect with your consumer that way. And then LinkedIn is really is if you're more of a, I don't know how to professional company, you know, like maybe a ta like tax related company or like financial sector. Um, you might have a little more, pro you know, a little bit more um, success there because it's more people in your industry are probably on that and they're not looking on Facebook while they're in their, you know, in their work mode, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, I think having the right, right digital marketing and having the right social media presence is good. Uh, keeping with that topic of kind of digital marketing and social media, is there any companies that we've or any kind of um, new tactics that we've kind of seen uh, not birthed per se, but gain traction uh, over the recent several years? I mean, something that I've noticed that and I'm sure anybody who used this app that I'm going to mention has probably realized this, but if you use Venmo, I'm assuming, I don't know if we've all used Venmo here, but no doubt you know what it is. Um, I, you'll notice that Venmo, it went from, of course, just sending money back and forth, but now they kind of have this social aspect to it. Um, you can see where, well, who your friends, who you follow, you can see who they send money to. They, you can leave little notes, you know, that accompany the money. Um, and I, I, I want to ask this question to kind of get some opinions here. And what are some repercussions to using social media to digital marketing. I mean, I can tell you right now that I'm assuming anybody who's used Venmo and have seen that has probably turned it off because I think there are certain companies or certain apps or certain websites that simply don't need to have any sort of social aspect to it. But um, I'm just interested in if you guys have any ideas um, as to you know how social media and digital marketing can um, you know, be affected in negative ways. And I'm getting a meeting for 10 minutes left in this meeting, but we'll see what happens. So I'm going to open the floor real quick. To anybody. That is a very hard question. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was aware of that. Yeah. It's a tough question. I, you know what? Even that one could use a nice deep dive for another podcast. So there's, there's a lot to chew on, on that question. Um, I think if you are posting something on social that could um, deflect your user base away, maybe something political, if you're posting something political that may not skew towards your audience, um, 
that's where you could do social media wrong. It's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, I'm thinking about all these different topics and man, that we, we have digital marketing itself is such a broad topic that there's so much content for future podcast episodes. Um, and I think that's to look forward to because it really is just all encompassing. So um, you know what I'm going to do, unless anybody has, Ryan, I think you have something else to, to, to kind of talk about real quick. Otherwise I'm going to move us on to some wrap up stuff, but Ryan, do you have anything? No, I was just okay. saying, yeah, like the definitely, um, protecting your brand like don was saying and making sure you're posting stuff that's not going to hurt yourself <laughs> yeah it's just funny i asked that question for this topic but i think that would we could easily and we should do a deeper dive on that um i mean scott you mentioned politics i mean that's a especially recently within the past you know two elections for presidencies i mean you know, uh, digital marketing and politics have kind of gone, you know, they get increased every day for extremely better or extremely worse. Um, obviously that depends on who you are, but um, with our time restraint before we work that out and with that, um, I'm going to say we can sort of wrap this up, this episode up. Um, so just to kind of wrap up. So when I mentioned wrapping up, that's of course something that like digital marketing, haha, could, will change and warp and all that. But um, this is a good, this is a good and quick first episode. Um, we talked about naked links, Ryan quality score with me, some great canonical discussion with Don. That's very valuable. So um, I, I just wanted to thank everybody who listen, who's you know tuning in. Um, this is a quick one, but we intend to go longer as time goes on, as we kind of figure out the, you know, the logistics of all this, but thank you for kind of bearing with us here. Um, and now <laughs> that being said, we have a lot of future content to work with. So, um, I think it's going to be a lot to it. So, um, before we say goodbye, this is high level, uh, digital round table. We are the official podcast for Southeast Michigan, uh, digital marketing agency, high level marketing. And we will be, um, you know, we still haven't figured out how often we'll do this and but that's obviously, you know, forthcoming. So, um, keep an eye or I guess keep an eye and an ear out for that. Um, other than that, if there's anything anybody else has to just mention real quick, we can wrap this up and say our goodbyes and work on the next one. Anybody? Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say, let's hope Tampa beats the Dodgers in the world series, right? Got to root for the underdog. Yeah. Mike, Bruce, Mike Brousseau, Oakland university. There we go. There you go. All right. Well, in that case, we can sign off. Thank you for listening again, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you to all the Knights of the Roundtable. All right. See you guys. See you.